You're listening to the Bingo Hall Boys, a weekly podcast where we highlight and discuss the current independent professional wrestling scene. My name is Jake, and joining me is my co-host Mitch. Mitch, how's it going? Good. It's been a busy day. A lot of on and off work today. And then Dynamite. My last client didn't show, so I got to watch watch all of it live. So that's always a plus. So I'm good. This was a good show for it, too. It was. It was. I'm glad I didn't miss it. Dax and Cole was the first match, and that's usually... You know, the last guy only lasts about a half hour, and that's the first match in a bit. So it was a yeah. good day. <laughs> Super busy work day, but we were able to go uh, kayaking over yeah. the weekend, which was really nice. And then um, we've got like our big spring clean thing in the neighborhood where we put mm. all our shit on the curb and the city will take it away. So, Wait, what? Uh, yeah, it's pretty rad. That, that's a thing? It's a thing. You just drop your crap off and someone takes it? Yeah, we put it out in our front yard and the city will come and take it. Or like we did this over the weekend, we put out our broken coffee table and our broken coat rack. Uh, they were gone within an hour. Someone just came by and loaded them up and left. Yeah, we, we do that a lot. We'll load crap into the alley and yeah. it will just disappear. But Man, I would I would love to get a city. I mean, we have like a curbside swap day where everyone mutually puts out stuff and people just come by and grab stuff and it's like a free yard sale. But I would love for a city thing where they just come take all my garbage. That's pretty rad. Yes, or please. you just find you find like um a semi-popular restaurant that's not near a busy street and you just put all your stuff in their dumpster. That always works. Too. Yeah, I am. I am not advocating <laughs> illegal dumping of materials. I have never done that before and will never do it again, allegedly. Right. <laughs> no one sees it because it's audio, but I did the MJF winky face the whole time. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. No, yeah. So mm. we've got a bunch of like cleaning out and stuff that we need to do. And yep. Fun times, dude. Being an adult. Yep. Life flies by way too fast, but no, it's uh, it's good to be doing this on a Wednesday night for sure. You watched anything besides wrestling this week? I was going to go through the Scream movies, but I had a, I guess my brother-in-law updated me. In Canada, this has been a long wait. It, for the Americans listening, they're going to be like, well, we've always been able to do this. Since it went off a of TV, we have not been able to have Malcolm in the Middle streaming in Canada. Oh my God. Like, we have not. It has not been anywhere. Like, I know it's been on the American ones. Sure. It finally, finally, finally got added to Disney+. To be Plus. fair, I don't know if it is. It, <laughs> I can tell you. Yeah, last I knew it was every time we look, because like it, Canadians love it. We love Malcolm in the Middle. It's our jam. But I have not been able to watch it through since, probably since I was like 17. And yeah. I've been waiting and waiting, waiting. It never made it to DVDs, anything like that. I had it like downloaded off of napster or limewire or whatever the the in vogue downloading tool was in the day which but. again we do not condone people going on the high seas hey you you can say that in canada it was fine nobody cared in canada as long as we didn't upload we could download anything we weren't breaking any laws in canada that's super funny <laughs> it's even funnier but but yeah, it finally showed up on disney plus so i have been on a hardcore malcolm in the middle binge because i have been waiting they promised it in 2019 when they launched and it finally showed up three years later. So they got it together and I am over the moon. 
So you've been shotgunning some Frankie Munez? Absolutely. <laughs> I probably know more about the series than he does at this point, given how much he's forgotten after all the brain damage. Oh, oh I know oh, it man. took a dark turn, but oh, <laughs> he's open about it though. Like he's he doesn't hide oh, it. He says man. it's just like bad. I can't remember filming the series, like too many car accidents. Oh man. Loves yeah, I uh, I forgot that he had that, so that all just yeah. came rushing back. <laughs> to you, not to him. I, oh my god. <laughs> this is how we're doing the show today this is how we're doing the show it is totally not sponsored by delta breweries pragmatic (laughs) pilsner (laughs) i took my siblings the other day i've got a a younger sister who um i'm significantly older than she still lives at home Mm -hmm. um she's been begging me to take her to go see like all these horror movies and stuff i'm like yeah you're not really old enough i uh took her and uh, my wife and my brother, we we all went to go see the Doctor Strange movie mm. that was done. Why am I blanking? By uh, Sam Raimi. <laughs> I could, it's one hundred percent a Sam Raimi movie. It's insane. As far as comic book movies go, I'm very like, uh, yeah, I'm over it. That's a that's a that's way true. for me and my siblings to hang out in like a family friendly context. Not that like we're going to dive bars or anything and <laughs> fighting bikers. Dude, it is 100% a horror movie. It's all right. amazing. All right. I wasn't expecting it at all. I know you're not a big superhero movie guy. No, but this but one. I am a this horror guy. Rad. So, all right. I'm, I'm people in. die. Like a lot of people die. Sweet. And all right. There's like demons <laughs> and necromancy. All right. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Really bummed we're not talking about Scream, though. I know, I know. I've been itching all week. It is Friday the 13th this week, so I've kind of, I've got that marked aside, too. So, they won't be Friday the 13th movies, they'll be the Scream movies. (laughs) There will be. So, I decided to do this thing where I read Stephen King in chronological order because I'm an insane person. And I just so happened to be on Firestarter. And there's the new Firestarter movie coming out <laughs> this weekend. And I'm like, I will have, I will finish the book tomorrow. Yeah. And the movie drops on Friday. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> the cosmos is on my side. So that that's probably my Friday the 13th plans. Mowing my lawn like a big boy, uh, getting a haircut and going to see a movie. <laughs> living the dream. Speaking of living in fantasy scenarios, let's do our fantasy draft that we promised to do last week. And it got cut. <laughs> Um, so the rules for this one are each of us will, well, let's start with some context coming up, starting on next week's episode, we're going to be covering the best of super junior 29. So we decided to do the best of super indie, the rules for this, uh, it's a fantasy draft. Each of us will go back and forth until we've each drafted 10 wrestlers to be in our block. Uh, the only parameters we have come up with is that they can't be signed to WWE, New Japan, Pro Wrestling, or AEW slash ROH, unless they are a champion for an independent promotion. Is that everything? I think that's everything. The Super Juniors is a junior heavyweight. This is just an open thing, any weight class. It's right. not, not, not a true Super Junior. We're taking the Super, leaving the Junior. So, You want to be Block A or Block B? Uh, I'll be Block B. Why not? So I will start off. It would be insane if I left this dude on the board. So I'm going to go ahead and take Will Ospreay, the champion of Warrior Wrestling. The dude's had an awesome year. A lot of people who aren't paying attention to New Japan. He had two 
match of the year candidates to start the year at Wrestle Kingdom. He's had that match against Brian Cage at Warrior. Um, the, the match against Blake Christian was pretty good. Some people would go like four on that, maybe higher. I, I thought it was fine. Um, he's done a ton of stuff in Rev Pro, um, also some other stuff in New Japan. Uh, now that he's kind of back in the States for a minute, I'm really hoping that he continues to, you know, put up some really awesome matches that more people can see. And uh, like we've talked about before, I think his days in Warrior are just about done. So I'll take him while I can. Yeah, I, I agree. We've, we've gone through the arc when he's dropping the Warrior title. I expect there's going to be a big match at the, the Super Show with AEW as well before they all move over to the G1. Would like Osprey in my block, but I guess that's just not the way things go. Hey, man, I gave, I gave you the chance. <laughs> you did, you did. I, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so with that in mind, my, my first pick is going to be also taking advantage of our championship clause, and I am going straight for Mr. Sports Entertainer, none other than Mr. Red Death, Daniel Garcia, who, spoiler alert, is the current pro wrestling guerrilla champion. We oh, won't yeah, get to watch it for a while, a um, few months yet. But we'll probably get to watch it before everybody waiting on high spots because I'm pretty sure we're both pre-ordering the DVDs or Blu-rays, not DVDs. None uh, of that peasant crap here. I haven't done it out of principle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, I still, I'm a big PWG guy. As will like that's been covered here. Yeah. We'll cover it again later on. I just the business model is really hard in 2022 to be like, awful. hey, you'll see it in four months. It's true. It is not good and it needs to change, but it does not stop me from getting through that loophole to get him in my block. So I will take it. Uh, Garcia on such a tear. If you have not seen a Daniel Garcia match, I, mm -hmm. I'm a little confused about how, because he's been everywhere since he got back from the car accident. Yeah. Um, unless you're only watching WWE, you've probably come across the name Daniel Garcia at some point, but the man is a future main eventer. He's beyond special. I am super excited to watch him to continue to grow and he's still like super young in his career too um i he's going to be this generation's danielson mm -hmm. um different kind of wrestler but he's yeah. he is going to he is like the dude so yeah i get that i'm gonna go with the former pwg champion bandito mm -hmm. i think he is the most underrated wrestler right now in the world if you've seen him go, you know he is one of the best alive. The dude has scary strength. Scary strength. Like, you don't expect it. And then he, like, what was the, was it the match with Bailey where he held him over his head for, like, over, over like, a minute? The dude, the dude's amazing. I think it was a hundred count, wasn't it? It, I it was lost something count. like that. <laughs> um Bandito is super talented. I am shocked he hasn't signed a major league deal with someone that even Impact hasn't thrown insane money at him. Despite bailing on GCW, they're continuing to book him. Man, I I got I have to see more Bandito. Mm -hmm. Like I wish he was making the rounds in the same way that Bailey is doing right now. Yeah. Because I think in the same way that we've basically penciled in like Bailey's the wrestler of the year for our podcast. Yeah. And hands down, like I can't even think of who number two would be, but I think Bandito would be in that same spot if he had those the same level of matches behind him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, easy number two for me. 
All right. I feel like I might be actually booking my <laughs> my final match in, in the B block to advance right off uh, right off pick two. But as soon as I drafted Garcia, I I immediately thought of this as match number as my my partner for for Garcia. And I am going right off the bat with Biff Busick. That's right. Partially because I really want to see Garcia against Busick. Um Biff Busick, obviously, recent return to the Indies. You may know him as Oni Lorkin from WWE, or even if you weren't actually watching, you may know him as the all-caps Twitter guy from WWE, whichever you prefer. (laughs) uh, Yeah, Very angry tweeter. Yes, very angry tweeter. He was always shouting and frequently, frequently upset. But, uh, yeah, fantastic wrestler, really coming back and hitting the Indies strong since his return. Had a phenomenal WrestleMania weekend. Some great matches there. His match with uh, with Moxley in particular was yeah. absolutely disgustingly good. And there's there's a good back catalog from him from his pre WWE days available mm-hmm. on you know high spots IWTV whatever you want. But Busick Garcia is a fantastic match, which I'd like to see. So they both need to get in my block as soon as possible. All right. With Biff Busick off the board, I guess I got to take Danny Burchill or whatever his name is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So Biff is an awesome wrestler. Um, He has an ongoing feud. They haven't picked back up on it, but he had an ongoing feud up in Canada in the promotion C4 with my number three pick, Mike Bailey. That's the only segue I have. Yeah, uh, yeah. That said, I, I want to see I want to see the two of them have more matches um, because the matches that I've seen from them up there are really rad. Um, like I said, Bailey is basically our indie wrestler of the year so far. Yeah. Man, I am blown away by the output that he's had this year, and we're not even halfway through the year. It's it, it's it's unbelievable and the fact that we're i guess counting new japan on our show um that's probably going to muddy the waters a little bit um but yeah bailey is like i said we're we're running out of roses to throw at the guy he's had an awesome year and uh yeah i i couldn't let him slide any further no you you set me up with the segue perfectly to take him with my number two pick you kind of fed that line to me i tried I there tried. was a bit of a strategic decision in you know looking at we're trying to make the best tournament and getting bailey and osprey in the same <laughs> block just seems like the correct decision like getting Garcia listen and i'm trying to segue block. everything here so <laughs> well i don't know any wrestlers that ride segways to the ring so i can't i uh, can't take that any further but with my third pick <laughs> i am going with someone who is currently on the indies but i suspect for not much longer underwhelming dark debut but i suspect it's going to lead to more i'm going to put jake something in in my b block i literally my next pick i know he was going to go soon so i knew i couldn't leave him for long um if you don't know what his name is you're going going to soon very soon a name change may not kill the guy but i think he can get it over on a major stage too it, it works. What's my name? Something. It's good. Um, I mean, we're he's also signing to a promotion where a dude's name is literally Wardlow. And I was like, that's the dumbest fucking name for a wrestler that will never get over. But here we are, similar yeah. to Batista. 
It's uh, if you're good, it'll get over. Absolutely. Um, he did just finish up a run, a relatively lengthy run in Impact, where mm-hmm. it took a, it took a long arc to become Jake something. He did the whole uh, Diener skit with Cody Diener, and then cut what felt like a really big promo where he said it's time to be something jake something and it got over huge and then they did absolutely jack fuck all with him i don't know what they did to drop the ball with jake something so bad an impact but they did and that's what they do i can't blame him for leaving he made the right decision look what they're doing with speedball right now so if you want to see good jake something matches you know he's done a lot of stuff uh he just rescinded the black label pro championship which Mm -hmm. is where we got our clue that he is uh, not long for the independent world. Um, He's done a fair amount of AEW shows and things like that. Just don't watch the impact stuff because you're not getting a fair representation of how good he is. So, yeah. I, like I said, I'm a huge fan of Jake something. I think he's someone who on the pendant on the independence has made a real name for himself and has made himself super valuable, Mm -hmm. much like my next pick, Joey Janela. Um, Janelle is a dude who I, I thought his ceiling and and some people kind of balked at this. I thought his ceiling in AEW was AEW champion. Um, I, I think he has the charisma to be a major player in a major promotion. It just never really happened. Uh, he wasn't really motivated to do it. He'll tell you as much. Yep. He can work any style. And whenever he stays away from the plunder stuff, he, he can actually go. And uh, anyone who doesn't believe me, I point you to the match he had with Nick Wayne last year that basically put Nick Wayne on the map. Yeah. And I don't think Janela gets enough credit for that. Um, Cause after, after that, after that match, he started getting booked everywhere. Um, so I'm sure that, you know, Janela was thanked, but I think more people need to give him recognition for being an awesome wrestler. Uh, I think the Cornette crowd shit on this guy way too much and that's carried over into mainstream and it's a real bummer yeah i think the other thing that uh, goes unsaid about about janela sometimes is you know we think of him as just just a deathmatch guy and i mean regardless of what you think of the match style in terms of the dynamics of the match like heel face tweener whatever his range is really wide he can Mm -hmm. he can adjust to whatever the match needs him to be and in a in a situation in a tournament like this, that is extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's an awesome seller too. Mm-hmm. You have, you have someone throwing him around. It is a blast yeah. to watch. All right. I, uh, so far have picked three absolute powerhouses. I'm feeling the need to put a, someone who I think is an absolute mega heel in my block. So I am taking Atticus Kogar for my fourth pick. That, I don't hate it, but that feels like a reach. I Tell me why it's not. So Atticus is someone that people are going to primarily know right now from GCW. Mm-hmm. Thinking of him as one of the 44 Ohio guys, you know, saddled with, with RSP in that. And based on that alone, it absolutely would be a reach. But Atticus is starting to branch out on his own. He's starting... 
I mean, his own promotion that he's kind mm-hmm. of running that circle six thing. We'll see what it becomes. I haven't really had a chance. I mean, they're to... starting to tour. So yeah, they're, they're starting to go. I haven't really had a chance to see it. Uh, to be honest, I don't even really know it, how to get access to it. It's, but... it's a death matchy promotion. Yeah. And I mean, fair, but we have seen Atticus start to pop up in some other indies. And mm-hmm. the thing that immediately jumps out with Kogar to me is his ability to generate heat. He is an absolute yeah. heat magnet and he's deceptively decent in the ring. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that he's Daniel Garcia or Biff Busick in the ring, but that's not why he's in my block. He will make every, he will elevate every single other person in this block mm-hmm. with his ability to generate heat. He wins. You will be mad at him. You will not have the wind sucked out of your sails. You will be pissed and want to throw your drink at him. Don't do not be that fan. Those fans are awful. We'll kick your ass, but picture it in your mind. Imagine you threw the drink at him. Like he, (laughs) he is an absolute heat magnet. And I think, I think there are going to be a lot of people that, you know, the millions and millions of our fans that are listening are going to feel like (laughs) Kogar is a reach for this pick. And in about six months, I'll be here waiting to say I told you so when they realize how much he can actually contribute. I think he's deathmatch MJF, and I think he's going to have that that stigma with him. Yep. But honestly, that might not be a bad thing. There's a major league promotion right yep. now that does deathmatches semi-regularly. Yep. Um, so that might not be a bad thing. Could you imagine? We're going to have to do a second call. Yep. Fuck's sake. Um, could you could you imagine Atticus first Darby, like stuff like that? Like he is uh, okay. You talked me into it. Atticus isn't a reach, but you know who definitely isn't a reach in this spot. <laughs> Let me hear it. I'm gonna go with my dude ACH. He is someone who I I wish landed in a major promotion and did well. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I absolutely adore the dude. He's super nice. Every time I've met him, he was, he was the best. Um, every time I've seen him live, he's the best. He's had one of our best indie matches this mm. year against Speedball uh, with that in, that insane match. flying dragons yeah, I knew that dra- lives rent-free yep. in my head. Um, ACH is one of those guys where you, you cannot put a ceiling on him because mm-hmm. he will blow right past it. Um, and he's, he's happy doing wrestling on the independence right now and i cherish every match from him that i get so i yeah. i can't pass up the possibility to you know fantasy book him in a block absolutely i think that's a, a very reasonable pick um obviously there was a bit of bit of health struggles when he exited mm-hmm. his his time in nxt um i know it definitely made some people kind of second guess some things and it's, well, the same thing happened whenever he left ROH. Yeah, too. And like there's ultimately, I think, just kind of doing the independent thing, not being tied down, is a little better for him mentally, and mm-hmm. your A block is better for it. All right, I am going to go with. Yeah, I think I think this is the the right next pick. I am going with. Probably my only MLW pick. Um, I am going to go with Mr. Alex Hammerstone. Um, Hammer is the current MLW champion. I forget what titles he holds on the independence, but he definitely holds some. He's a tag champion in AAW. Yes, thank you. That's that's the one. Um, 
So using the loophole a little bit, but it's also MLW. <laughs> Technically, yeah, we didn't it's... say MLW was off limits, but nah, Corp Bauer is not a, he's not afraid of you fantasy booking because he's he's in the middle of that lawsuit. So that's taken top priority. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure he's got smart Mark Sterling and Stephen A. New <laughs> defending him right now. But, hey, uh, stop taking my picks. Come on, <laughs> man. You're stealing my thunder. Well, you wanted smart Mark? I'm sorry. I'll leave him for you. <laughs> hey, I need smart Mark and VSK, okay? That's like the only names I have written. Uh, but uh, Hammerstone, I mean, the guy looks like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. He's built absolutely phenomenally nightmare pendulum is probably my favorite finishing move in wrestling i i don't think i can think of a finishing move outside of something like the one wing angel that comes comes close and Mm -hmm. i just it looks so damn cool and the man is he can go how is hammerstone how was he never signed to wwe that one shocks me i i mean did he ever try out I don't know if he ever tried out, but if we're on that notion, you know, we mentioned silly names earlier. Wardlow tried out and didn't make it. Right. And like Wardlow already looked that good then. This wasn't Wardlow pre-bulk. Like it wasn't like a Brian. I don't think Brian Cage was huge when he, when he tried out there yet, but like Wardlow was already big. No, Brian Cage was big. I can never keep tracks. I've seen like, I've seen some of the old matches where Cage was still like on the road up before he become right. a human pincushion but like <laughs> but yeah i don't know if hammerstone's never tried out i do know i i can say with somewhat certainty he is one of the people court bauer immediately locked up after losing mm-hmm. mjf um him richard holiday and jacob fatu were kind of fatu i think he'd locked up already but he wasn't going anywhere with the criminal record anyways um but hammerstone and holiday were the two the court immediately locked up after mjf the other dynasty guys so I I still want to see Hammerstone in a bigger environment. Whether we'll we'll ever get it, I don't know. But as long as he can at least keep doing some independence, I'll I'll be mm-hmm. happy. So speaking of someone who should be locked up under a big contract because of how big of an absolute star they are, my next pick is going to be Vinny Massaro. This dude, this dude. For those of you who uh, have ridden with us and we pointed you to west coast pro and you're like uh we'll try it out and you're like yo this place that runs in a mexican <laughs> restaurant is actually really dope um if they don't it's just an ongoing joke um Vinny masaro somehow gets all of the cool matches it is <laughs> insane um i throw the comp around a lot but he's basically west coast pro's sandman yeah uh but he's like a good wrestler um the crowd loves him technically he's sound he can do plunder Mm -hmm. he can brawl anything you need this guy to do uh maybe i don't know if he can really cut a promo let's find out i'll give him a mic um yeah Vinny massaro is one of those dudes where i'm (laughs) he's been a, a revelation uh since we started covering independence more than we were um dude i i'm a big fan of the dude so putting him in my block and having him Vinny Massaro versus Joey Janela could be super scummy <laughs> and like weirdly technical, but like I would love to see mm-hmm. Massaro have matchups against Bandito, against Bailey, yeah. against Osprey, against ACH. Like that would be awesome. Uh, Vinny Massaro is one of those dudes that you know you can't not leave on the board. You know, if you're gonna reach with Kogar, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take Vinny Massaro. 
Hey, I, I think Vinny's a, a good pick. You, I, I got sold on him in a real hurry with, with West Coast. He's, right. uh, he's one of those guys, if someone were to just show you on a, pit, a picture, like, this is the guy that Twitter morons are eating for breakfast. Like, they'll post a picture <laughs> of him and be like, that guy, that's your champion. Uh, like, just sit down and watch and you're going to have a good time. <laughs> I don't know who you could possibly take. You might as well give up now. There's no way you can draft anyone that would beat my roster. I mean, I am not beating Vinny Massaro, but I am going to take someone who I, I really enjoy watching in the ring, trying to not abuse the champion's clause while taking advantage <laughs> of it by picking people that actually do a lot of independent appearances. Like this guy is signed to impact. They're not like they only film once a month and it's not it's not the cheeky Josh Alexander one where he has a title. I was gonna say, I was like, you son of a bitch. Don't no, take I am Josh not, <laughs> I am not doing the cheap. Josh Alexander has a random Canadian title he hasn't defended in like two or three years doing the Bruno run. I literally thought doing, that's where you were going. I am not like, doing that. Cheeky. I'll let you have it. No, this is someone who actually wrestles on the independence a lot. We see him at Warrior, we see him at a lot of shows. I'm going with Trey Miguel. There you go. Yeah, like he he well, Alexander does do C4. But, Alexander yeah. does do C4, but he doesn't do like, he's not someone I think of doing a ton of the independence, given that he does still live in Canada, so flies out for the impact stuff, you know, maybe hits an event and goes back. It's not a ton. Trey Miguel does no, do. Trey Miguel's awesome. You see Trey all over the independence, so even with a contract, even without the clause, I feel like he'd almost still be fair game. Um, Trey, the lone holdout from the Rascals that did not sign with WWE and all the better for it considering now only one of the two still works there and we have not seen him since the other one got fired. Um, what a mess that was, but Trey himself held out, um, decided actually to return to impact. I'm not sure if there was ever any interest from AEW or not in Trey, but he did, he did return to impact has been doing mostly X division stuff there. And I think it's a uh, high time. They, they send him a little higher, especially with some programs he could run with Josh Alexander right now, but Trey has been a mainstay in warrior wrestling pretty much from, from the get go wrestles a lot of independence, probably the first kind of high flyer I've really put in, in my block. I was looking at mm -hmm. a lot of kind of like technical and brute force kind of guys, but you've got Osprey and bandito. And I mean, some, extent. and I ain't done. No. And you, you're not done with that. So I needed to start uh, diversifying the match styles in my block and Trey seemed like a great fit to, to fit that. If, if you like flippy shit, you're going to like Trey. If you don't, you're probably not going to like Trey. But he's, he's really talented. Great wrestler. So you brought him up. Let's have a conversation about Zachary Wentz. We haven't done it yet. Yes. Would you be upset if Indy started booking him? Based on the information we have right now, it would be, it would be hard for me to be upset because I don't think – there's really information out there. Everything's messy. This is, it's a very, very messy situation. I don't know what, uh, I don't know what to make of it. I, mm -hmm. it sounds like a broken record to, to be the person who goes like, I like to believe victims, but, and I never mm -hmm. want to pin someone's mental health on them making a false accusation. Maybe, maybe there is merit to it. I have absolutely no idea, but the situation is so messy that, I don't think we can make heads heads from tails. And ultimately what we do know relatively concretely, as much as we can not being in the offices themselves, 
he was not fired for anything related to Kimberly. Correct. That there was never any enough merit to that to fire him. They had no intention of firing him for that. He got fired because of the photo that was posted of him doing the the Hitler salute with the Hitler stash, which, I mean, obviously a stupid thing to do. No one's looking and saying, gee, that was a smart decision. But the man was like 18, 19 years old, taking a dumbass Snapchat with his buddies. Find me an 18-year-old on the planet who hasn't done something on the level Mm -hmm. of that stupidity, and I'll show you someone with a secret they're hiding. Like 18 year olds are not smart. Male brains don't finish developing their frontal cortex until they're 25. He dumb, dumb kid. That's all there is. And now imagine that kid also taking head bumps. Absolutely. So that, I don't think that I don't want to excuse any behavior stuff that may or may not have happened. I'll say this. I think that it would be very important for the wrestling community to welcome someone back into the community with open arms who may have made a mistake or who Mm. did make a mistake owned up to it and is trying to be a better person and is being publicly held accountable. Now people deserve second chances. Uh, That said, sticking out, staying out of the whole Kimberly thing, because that's, that's hard. All of that said, I wouldn't want to be the first promotion that brings him back and deal with that headache. I'm going to let someone else do that. But I would 100% book him because, I mean, even Trey Miguel, he's he mm-hmm. said some like really homophobic yeah. stuff on Twitter before. And uh, I mean, I don't know if that may or may not be held against him, but it's like, you know, these guys, we can't be holding professional wrestlers to like such a high bar. Uh, I think that I think one, it's unrealistic. And two, I think it's unfair. You're talking about people who, if you take a bump, you are on the CTE scale. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we should be expecting these people to be saints. That yeah. said, we shouldn't be like excusing gross behavior. And I think that would be an excellent place to put a pin on it before one of us says something really weird. <laughs> I, uh, I'll add just two quick thoughts that I think, uh, don't get too controversial, but add add some context. Sure. We do have some precedence for the atoning and being welcome back with Sammy Guevara. I was he said say a Rich stupid, Swan. Absolutely, Rich Swan too. Sammy said a stupid thing. He went on a an unofficial but official suspension. He took sensitivity training. He came back and changed his behavior. Case in point, we have a clear example in a major company where someone has made a mistake when they were younger, it came to light. He admitted to it. He owned up to it. He took responsibility for it, took his licks and came back and is now, I mean, he's a mega heel now, but he was a mega face before that. Which is always so weird. Yeah. I've, I've, I've never been a fan of Sammy Guevara, the baby face that that always felt so cringe and so weird it and anyone who work. paid attention to him on the indies knows mm-hmm. that, that that dude was a super heel I, I think the only the only face part was just getting him out of jericho's group and knowing jericho was going to continue sure. to be a heel they had to kind of and the crowd loved it. it oh absolutely so they, they why make so the crowd hate when him. he when he went yeah. over miro it was when he started cutting promos so they're like oh, oh you're not a baby face um the only other thing i'd add um Obviously, it's easy to, to look and say, well, you don't know why that joke offended me. And that's fair. I don't know why. I do know my grandpa was in a concentration camp. He, he's 
my grandpa immigrated from Serbia. He was fighting on the side against the Nazis. The Serbians were against the Nazis. The Croatians were with the Nazis. He was born in a, in a place that was under Serbian rule, but in a part of Yugoslavia that was more or less Croatia. So he couldn't go back home after either. Like the man been through it in World War II. Ain't no sympathy for me for Nazi stuff. Like, just yeah. let's get that out of the way. I'm not coming yeah. up from, from a blind perspective there. Like, it, my grandpa came back with a ton of PTSD from the war. I get it. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point to move on from Wentz. I would not, Wentz, uh, I keep getting mixed up. Wentz was his indie name, whatever the hell he was in WWE. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. It's, I don't know either. I, I didn't I didn't see one match no, that he had. I, and that's not like a flex. It's just like, no, I don't. Like, I, I don't know what his name was there, but whatever he was there, whatever you know him as there, um, the, the Caucasian guy with all the tattoos out of MSK, whatever his name was there. I honestly <laughs> don't remember what they changed them to. But yeah, would not want to be the first one to book him, but I'd be glad to see him back. Remember how I said I was going to do a segue for every yep. <laughs> I, uh... tattoos? Is this uh, our segue? <laughs> uh, um, hmm. So we talk. Uh, hmm. <laughs> we talked about giving wrestlers a second chance. Okay. I'm going to give this guy his first chance. Uh, he's someone who hasn't really been signed. It, he's kind of been flirted with by it a major promotion but like it's been pretty non-committal uh i'm gonna take anthony henry uh because he is a dude who deserves that shot uh he is tremendous i would even go as far to say that he's better than jd drake um i think people are when i said bandita was the most underrated i think anthony henry is way up there too there are some wrestlers uh that we haven't even taken yet who are getting major buzz on the indies and you know this is a guy who actually deserves it and isn't getting it yeah yeah i i agree completely i think henry is a name that people are going to know in a very big hurry you know we have like we say we saw a quick quick squash as the workhorseman they've done a couple dark matches i was gonna say the last time we talked him up we turned around and watched dynamite and he got squashed and i was like Wow, this episode hasn't even posted, and that looks that, like a weird take. That hurt my soul, but uh, but yeah, the man can absolutely go. I don't think it's a reach at all to say he's better than JD Drake, and that's coming from someone who's really high on JD mm-hmm. Drake and quite likes him. I Love enjoy JD Drake basically every JD Drake match I watch, but you know Henry Henry I think has a higher upside, so that's that's a very fair fair pick. I. I probably would have taken him if he was was still on the board board by the end, but I didn't expect him to be, and he's not. <laughs> he's one of the dudes I love. Yeah, that's that is fair. Uh, all right, continuing on my theme of getting a little bit of more diversification and getting another high flyer in, considering I'm pretty sure I have my last pick locked up. I am going to go with another person who is not signed yet, but like at least not officially signed that we know there could be some links to new Japan strong, but they're really quiet about their contracts. So even though he appears there a lot, honestly, until they decide we get to know, we're never going to have a clue because he's not the only one we can say that for. I am going with someone who has just come back into form the sauce God, Alex Zane and getting him into my B block. I, uh, when Zane came back post NXT, I think we've, I don't know if these were on the lost episodes or the ones that actually made it, 
We talked that his first kind of couple appearances back felt like they were missing something. He didn't quite feel like himself, but it was the, I think maybe the weird turn with Jaden at Prestige that kicked it off. But yeah. the, uh, the sauce God is back in full force and I feel very happy about getting him into this block. I think there are some really cool matchups within here. Actually, low-key one I'm really interested to see would be Kogar against Zane. I think the dynamics in that match could be really neat. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Alex Zane is someone who gained a ton of buzz on the indies kind of early COVID when AEW was basically signing everything they could in the indies were probably as dry as they've ever been in in history really because Mm -hmm. nxt was you know still signing independent talent unlike their strategy now and AEW was picking it up and alex zane and blake christian were the two guys kind of generating a lot of buzz they both got their shots they both uh both got released but before that i mean zane was creating quite a name for himself and there's been there's been a lot of really good matches since he's come back you know, in the past two, three months. So Alex, Alex Zane is maybe not long for the independent world, maybe going to be right. part of that ROH reboot, maybe actually locked up to New Japan strong. Um, right. He is he is in the best of Super Juniors. Yep, but I was just about to say. When they showed him on the best of Super Juniors, I believe he's the only person we can say this for that didn't have a graphic indicating a promotion. Totally unaffiliated. Yeah, and I think he's the only one. Like even even Lindemann had his Gleet promotion right. displayed. Like <laughs> only one. So see, Shima's got to make sure he gets his. Um, I, I I don't think I've looked forward to a wrestler in the Super Junior who's going to be going over yeah. more than Alex Zane. Yeah, um, I'm sure he's going to get a win or two. Maybe, yeah, but- yeah. Um, seeing Kanemaru's block because there's a free win. <laughs> right. He is a dude who I'm very impressed with, and yeah. I think he's going to kill it. And I cannot. I, I hope that he gets a contract out of that from somebody. Yeah. So let's let's put that to the question. Pretty clear that he's not under a Tony Khan deal. Otherwise, there would have been some lead up to him having no graphic at. Uh, or how rad would it have been if he had the new, if that was the debut of the Absolutely. ROH graphic? Like, what, whatever it is, whatever it is. Is this a trial to actually have him work in Japan as opposed to New Japan Strong? What I have heard is that Eagles went to bat for him. Speaking now, of underrated I can't, guys, Robbie Eagles, but... What, do what? I said, speaking of underrated guys, Robbie Eagles, I mean, but that's dude, a whole other con. I, I want him to win the whole thing. Yeah. And it wouldn't be weird. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if this is a one-time thing. If he comes back unsigned, Tony Khan has to sign him. Yeah. Don't let this dude toil in yeah. the independence and doing multiple GCW shows and yeah. getting glass in his eye. Come on, sign him up. Um, speaking of someone who should be totally signed up, uh, he's also a high flyer. He is also pseudo under contract. He is someone who I can't say anything else. It's Black Taurus. Um, <laughs> I need a hoss, and Black Taurus is that dude for me. Um, I I left uh, Battle of Los Angeles 2022 even more of a fan, which I didn't think was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the dude, and uh, I kind of want to break the rules and maybe take some people from Triple Law, but um, I think that's on the table, right? Yeah, I. 
They, Let's they, go. They they come to the states all the time. They're they're pretty loose. They're as loose with their contracts as they are with their music licensing. We're good. Yes, I can take Adonis. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, he has a major independent <laughs> title. He was yeah, he does. <laughs> Future WWE champion. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Black Taurus. Black Taurus. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um. Black Taurus, again, is another one of those guys where I want to issue the caution. Do not judge him by the crap he's doing in Impact. Right. Judge him by the PWG matches. It should be criminal the way that Impact misuses people, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, look at what they're doing with Speedball. He's doing another goofy multi-man X match. And I'm like, what are you doing? And, like, they've, by all said, like, they've done right with Josh Alexander. And you have guys like, I mean, it took them a long time to get here. It took them a long time to get there. I mean, really, they did it so he didn't go to AEW. (laughs) And I don't have any faith that they have enough follow through. But anyway, we can trash impact any other week. Yeah. We got stuff to do. So my last pick. And after I make this pick, I want to go in like a couple honorable mentions after because they are. Wait, I have you. I have you. This is number eight for you. Oh, shit. We have 10. I'm good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was thinking eight person. Okay. I can fit. Them I know. All. That's why I was wanting to get weird. Oh I'm going to get gosh. weird with my next two. Oh, I'm going good. off the board. We are, we're safe. All right. Okay. Well, knowing who I think I can save for my ninth pick, knowing they're not going to go for sure. I don't think this one's going to go either. This is someone who is about to be an accidental honorable mention when I was, I think, you know, we just watched the Owen tonight. I was in full eight person mode, totally blanking on, on 10 people blocks. Um, I don't think this person really wants to be signed. I think he's quite happy with what he's doing. It's probably not who you're thinking. Um, maybe we'll see, I suppose. Maybe your eyes will light up and go, that's exactly who I meant. But, like, does a lot of stuff. Uh, Filthy Tom Lawler. Oh, that's... I thought you were going to go Alex Shelley. No, no, I was not going Alex Shelley. But okay. I absolutely get it based on the not wanting to be signed. But, no, like, Filthy Tom does a lot of stuff with Meltzer and Alvarez's side. He showed up on UFC mm-hmm. commentary. Like, he, he's been gone from MLW for, like, a year and a half. And the guy's got the connections to get somewhere if he wants to I think to he's get legit somewhere. signed to New Japan. Maybe? Again, they don't freaking tell us anything. At least he's doing strong. He does strong all the time. And he is like one of the champions in strong last I knew. But like, yeah, they don't tell us anything. Um, yeah, I, I don't know an official official contract status for Tom Lawler. Now I'm trying to quickly scramble the fight. I don't think he's yet. signed. But like, yeah, as far as. Yeah. I mean, if it would be anywhere, it'd be there. But I mean, then he's also taking random flights out to Indiana to do BLP. So yeah, I mean, I say either way he works, he does have that BLP title still. So he'd still be, still be fine with or without the new Japan contract. But yeah, filthy Tom. um, Before I kind of learned a little bit more about court Bauer and it all lost its luster. I did dabble into MLW a little bit when the roster was decent. And at that time it was pre Jacob Fatu beating filthy Tom and Filthy Tom was a great champion. That was mm-hmm. one of the things that really opened, you know, I was coming back from a relatively long hiatus and looking to explore some other promotions I hadn't really seen or heard of. And I checked out MLW on a rep- on a recommendation and Filthy Tom being the champion was a great selling point and got me 
got me hooked into the promotion completely. I went back, watched like kind of the four or five episodes prior to what I'd seen and started watching weekly for a while until, until it kind of fell out of favor for me. But yeah, Tom, Tom Waller's fantastic wrestler coming from the MMA background, you know, he's got a little bit of a shoot background too. So I'm going a little back towards more someone like uh like a Busick or a Garcia with this pick as opposed to the Miguel and the Zanes. But mm-hmm. Filthy Tom is yeah, someone who I don't think gets gets enough credit, just given that he doesn't really appear in, in major places. But yeah, I I'm a big fan and I'd be interested to see see what he could there's a lot of dream filthy Tom matches that I haven't seen yet. Oh for sure. I want to see. Like there's a lot on the table with him that I need to see before he retires. Speaking of a lot on the table, there are so many people I could take with my last two picks, but I want to yeah. get weird with it. Uh, I had penciled in Davey Richards and Matt Fitchett. Yeah. Those, those are slam dunks. Those are really easy. Yeah. I guess I'll put this in your hands. Should I take one of those two or should I go with Psycho Clown? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my gosh. That I I was curious where you were getting weird, but knowing that you have a 10th pick where you could take one of those two. And I think the world would be fine. If the second doesn't make it, I, I like the psycho club. Spoilers. Thing. It's neither one of them. I, uh, so that's a thing. Like other imagine- spoilers. I mean, I'm taking Fitchett over Richards. If I was only taking one. Right. Like, well, <laughs> Richards might not be wrestling by the time <laughs> this gets posted. Um, which is, yeah, I don't know. It feels wrong to be doing this and yeah. we're literally taking like we're we're filling out our all-star bracket and i'm leaving richards and fitch it off yeah but the idea of adding psycho clown is it's so just, rad it fits it does i just mm. man psycho clown masaro is one that i need to see yesterday <laughs> right like i need that match like i think i think he ties he ties everything together yeah and again it feels so weird to leave richards fitchett and shelly off um but anyway here i am yeah here you are psycho clown um yeah i i like the pick a lot i think there's some really neat matchups in your block with psycho clown i like anthony henry and joey janela jump out too like i'm not even going to the obvious guys like your all-stars with osprey and bailey and bandito like it's right it's the other guys we're like man i want to see how how he'd interact with those guys because that could i be think really cool. i think he ties everything together because yeah. i think whenever we were talking about people that we wanted to take the first time yeah i think it was it was way too like technical and yeah. high flying and there wasn't a lot of like you know common ground i think yeah. psycho clown is kind of gluing my my yeah. block together uh speaking of segues we talk about too much high flying and not enough common ground the theme through my block in both picks was not enough high flying and too much common ground <laughs> so you know even as i've taken miguel and zane you know if you've watched either one of them they do do high spots but they've got they've got a good technical background too i i'm going with my true high flyer for the block the man formerly known as grand metalik uh, what is it mascara dorada now is that mm-hmm. that was the name he's been been going pre and post um yeah i i need one true lucha style guy who can sure. offer some diversity because miguel and zane i have confidence to match any style they need um dorada is 
he's like a little, he's like another Ray Phoenix. Like the stuff he can do mm-hmm. on the ropes will absolutely blow your mind. Like you want to start a show off, right? Open the match with, with Dorada every time that's, I'm not, he's not going to win the block. He's going to pick up a couple wins. He's going to eat some pins, but he's going to open the show strong every time and make, make you excited about the event. So I think he, he fills out my relatively hard hitting block quite nicely. Do you want to go and do your 10th or do you want me to go? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do my 10th. My 10th has not changed. We're doing this because we know who it is and it's not someone who's ever going off the table. Every block needs a Toru Yanu. Every block needs a Kanemaru. <laughs> I don't know if it does, but when I look at the amount of guys I have, like Garcia and Busick and Jake something and Hammerstone, who absolutely smash your face into bits, I want to see Matt Cardona get his face smashed into bits. So Matt Cardona gets my 10th slot. Spoiler alert, he's going 0 for 9. The man is not picking up a win, but you're going to have a good time watching him do his heel stick and get absolutely obliterated night after night after night. Uh, it's it's not a technical thing. It's a character thing. He's been generating a ton of heel heat. His shtick is almost up. It's almost run its course. It's about to get stale. Some would say it has. Some would say it has. I think his break for his honeymoon could not have been better timed. Like this was the time to go away and go spend a few weeks on your honeymoon away from it all before people got really oversaturated. But that also makes the time just right to watch the guy get his just desserts mm-hmm. and get the absolute piss hammered out of him night after night after night. So we've talked about this a little bit before. Um, and I think I know where you land on it. It is it, May 11th as mm-hmm. we record this. Uh, we've got a long year left. Yep. In the next seven months, does Matt Cardona get signed by WWE? You already know my answer, but I'll give a little bit of extra context here. He shows up at SummerSlam. SummerSlam is when he shows back up in WWE. That's a really bold prediction. It is a bold prediction because he's got to lose a lot of titles, but honestly, half of them are so uh, it, he can just relinquish them and it doesn't matter, right? right? He has to really drop the NWA one. That's the title he actually has to lose. Or they could do a tournament. Wrestling like, tournaments are great. Whatever. I, I don't know. It's Billy Corgan. He can do whatever. So why are, you, why are you calling SummerSlam? I am calling SummerSlam based on the timeline. I think they're going to give Cody Rhodes. That's that's where okay. it's coming from. I think I think the target right now and you know what's really cool? Oh boy. I have no fucking clue what Cody Rhodes is doing. <laughs> and it feels really nice to not have Cody Rhodes in my life or like even knowing like what he's up to. I'm, it I'm feels basic. good. I'm basing good. like all of this off, off of dirt sheet speculation on Roman Reigns stuff more than Cody Rhodes stuff. But we know a few things. We know they have to do right by Cody Rhodes or they never get another <laughs> AEW guy. I mean, the big guys, they got to do right by him so they can get think, other guys. You think that they realize that? Because I don't. There's maybe one person in the room who thinks that. Maybe. But let's let's assume that that's the plan right now. Plans change, right? But right now, 
my assumption would be the plan for Cody to win the big one at next year's WrestleMania. That one of the big ones at that point, I don't, they're doing some unification thing again. I don't know how Roman's going to get rid of one. I don't give a shit how Roman's going to get rid of one of them. But so if Cody goes over at WrestleMania, they have to stall until then he gets in some giant feud with all Roman's stupid goonies and Cardona (laughs) comes in to make a save and get his re-debut does some meaningless crap and fades into obscurity again, because it's not going to be different the second time around because you're still Matt Cardona. You're still Zack Ryder, but I, that that makes the SummerSlam timeline. I'm not doing this for like the bit for the podcast. Mm. I think the opposite is true. I'm on the other Mm. side of the coin. I think he wants to go back to WWE and I don't, they don't want want him back interesting because really what name value does he have it's it's not as much as people think it's really really not it's it's nowhere near where cody rhodes was um that that dude was legitimately desirable i could see him maybe as a royal rumble appearance but i i think really soon the shtick is going to be really tired and he's going to be stuck on the indies that's where we're going to see if this dude is like legit or not, if he can actually reinvent himself and do something cool again, because it's one thing to do this gimmick, but honestly it's been done before. It's not insanely original, but what he's doing is, you know, really fun for some people. So, so anyway, that's, um, that's a good one to end on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who was your 10th pick? Speaking of someone who wasn't wanted by WWE and got fired and then, went out and people are like, oh my God, it's so good to have this dude back. And then he signed with WWE and it's like, what are you doing? And then he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm out. And people are like, what? (laughs) Brad, let's go. And then he hasn't done anything since. Um, Debuting in the 10th spot is the returning Chris Hero because damn it, it has been too long without Chris Hero. I didn't see any of the stuff he did when he went back to WWE. So I have been without Chris hero for years now and I am jonesing. Um, so no offense to Richards, Fitchett, uh, <laughs> Shelly, Saban, Gresham, technically, uh, Yuta. I, I could have gone a lot of places here, but uh, I'm going Chris hero. I could have even gone Claudio. Fuck it. But no. I just miss my Chris hero that much. So yeah. that's that's uh that's our brackets and dude i'm pretty i'm pretty psyched yeah I, uh, run down yours real quick yeah I, I have to giggle i kind of forgot about claudio just because i've assumed he's going to be the joker against joe and didn't even consider it but i think it's going to be anyway. we're running long <laughs> yeah all right so b block for best of the super indies we have daniel garcia biff Busick, jake something atticus kogar alex hammerstone trey miguel Alex Zane, Filthy Tom Lawler, Lawler, Mascara Dorada, and the booby prize Matt Cardona. I think we can expect either Garcia, Busick, or Hammer to come out of this bracket, but which one would still be up for debate? So who who's your alternate? Because um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Fitchett in that spot. Yeah, I think think my alternate would actually be someone I just want to get a shot to really show themselves, and it's Kevin Blackwood. I was gonna say Warhorse. It's- I, I I love Warhorse. This is not the show for Warhorse. <laughs> I love Warhorse. This is not your place. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm super psyched with mine. I actually liked mine a lot more this time than yeah, the last too. one. Um, I, I also left Malachi Black on the table and didn't even bother with that this time. <laughs> I would take Brody King over Malachi Black, to be totally honest. 
yeah, I've got Osprey, Bandito, Bailey, Janela, ACH, Vinny Massaro, Anthony Henry, Black Taurus, Psycho Clown, and Chris Hero. Let's go! Dude, if that was an actual like round robin tournament, I would lose my mind. I'm very happy with that. Let's do it again next year. Or in a couple months, whenever they the G1 announce the G1. <laughs> And it's like the same fucking game. And we take an hour and a half to do that one too. <laughs> and just name the same people. Um, anyway, let's do some indie roulette. Um, I drafted first. So um, I want you to uh, start off with a uh, match recommendation. So since there wasn't really any indies to cover this week, uh, we decided to go back and talk about matches that if we we're doing the podcast then we would have absolutely talked about on the show and loved my matches were basically kind of like not necessarily hidden gems but a little bit of that and a little bit of like i just want really fun stuff um that's really easy to watch and then mitch gave me his and it was basically here's a bunch of five star matches i I was like damn i should have tried harder (laughs) i i wasn't even trying to like when we did this at first, I was like panicky. I was like, oh my God, I have to find the best. You picked one of the greatest for- matches of all time. I know I did, <laughs> but so it started and that's, that's how it started. Right? I was like, oh my God, I have to find like the best independent matches of all time. And then I approached it a different way. And I was like, you know what? Who are the best independent people of all time that I need to make sure are seen here. And then right. I just picked kind of the first matches that came to mind for, for each of them. And there were some changes along the way, but the, the whole goal was just to find people that deserve to be seen and whatever matches immediately jump to mind whether they were their best ones or their worst ones it's just what it's what popped out and in some cases spoilers it's their best spoilers it's their best but like it wasn't it wasn't i abandoned searching for their best and it just popped out by proxy so no i think i think all of these matches between the two of us if we covered them in real time we would have absolutely adored yeah and some are as recent as like last year some are from like 2000 what was it like i think 2008 is my earliest i think you have even earlier um you want to start us off yeah definitely so the first one on my list as we're talking about the greatest matches of all time um the first one i fed you was samoa joe and ken kabashi from like that's where we start i'm like dude like I mean, that thing is a love letter to Japanese strong style wrestling is what it is, but it bad. I just, I knew I had to get a Samoa Joe match because he just came back and is just doing ring of honor. Like he's doing ring of honor as well. Like he's made it clear. He's going to be a big part of both companies. He's the TV champion in ring of honor now. So it was like, okay, a lot of people are coming. We've seen Samoa Joe in WWE. We've seen him in TNA. It's been a long time since we've seen him in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. We need to remind people what that Samoa Joe was, who that true assassin was. And the other hitch with this was we had to have matches that were accessible easily, right? We didn't want things that you needed super... Oh, yeah, I should have set that for. up. These are all things that you can easily yeah, find online. That's the thing. You can find them on YouTube. Every single match of mine can be found on YouTube by searching Same for, for it. And that was, that was the other thing. And they did uh, like three great Samoa Joe matches on this giant, like one hour, 10 minute ROH YouTube thing. And the first match was Joe Kobashi. And I thought like, that match is that readily accessible. It's that prevalent right now. They just pushed it again. How do I not put that on my list? Yeah. Like, 
that's that's what that boiled down to. Like I said, this is one of my favorite matches of all time. I think this might have been the first match I ever went five stars on whenever I, you know, I would count snowflakes like it was a big deal instead of just like, what's my gut feeling? I'll go with that. Um, this is such a hard hitting match. Kento Kobashi is awesome. Samojo is awesome. And these dudes just beat the hell out of each other. There's not a pen attempt for the majority of the match until like Joe literally thinks he has him beat. And I wish more matches were like that because I think it, it really came down to like, I'm going to have to kill this guy to put him away. And so whenever the first kick out happened, it was like, dang, he thought he had him. This match is magical. Uh, we could probably spend an entire episode talking yeah. about this by itself. But yeah, I, I really love this match. Um, uh, the match that I wanted to do, how could I not put a Young Bucks match in this list? Those, I mean, you got me covered if I just like stood pat. But it's like, these guys are, honestly, I'll just come out and say it. I think they're the greatest tag team of all time. Indie or not, they are, they can literally work any style. They've got a bad rep for being, you know, like spot fest guys. And yes, they were that at one time. That was literally the shtick where they would have identical matches. And that's, that was the point because they were trolling. Uh, the match I wanted to pick out was the PWG tag team title match where they defended against the hybrid dolphins, which by the way, PWG random tag <laughs> team names were like so good back in the day. Like I miss DDT for a ton. Yeah. NXT uh, this... take some notes on the random name generator. Dude. Cause you've got a lot to learn. Dude. So the hybrid <laughs> The hybrid dolphins were Brian Danielson and Roderick Strong, and this was from DDT4 2009. I wanted to pick a match that wasn't a normal Young Bucks match, and this one really st stood out. I want to read the excerpt from the Young Bucks book um, because I, I forgot they mentioned this in their book <laughs> until I was researching it. So I was like, oh, perfect. I'll just lift this. Quote, for the last match of the evening, we were booked against Roderick Strong and Brian Danielson. Both were average-sized guys, but heavy-hitting technical wrestlers, most known for their amazing matches in ROH. Brian Danielson was then the most popular independent wrestler on the planet and by far the most respected. The plan for us was to beat them next in the finals and continue a winning streak that we had going for quite some time. Brian and Roderick just watched the crowd turn on us completely, but they had a plan to fix it. Quote, this is going to sound strange, but we're really going to have to give you guys a beating tonight to make this work. In quote, Danielson said, the idea was if we could suffer through enough damage, we would get the crowd to sympathize with us and get them back on our side. In my best Ron Howard arrested development voice. They didn't. Um, <laughs> it literally did not go that way. Um, in this match, um, a very quiet, not super energetic Kenny Omega joins Excalibur on the call. Uh, so that was kind of weird to listen to. Um, if anyone listening to this just hates the Bucks, you'll love this match. Um, they get the shit kicked out of them. It's bad. Like the first 11 minutes is just Danielson and Roddy teeing off on them. It is insane. Like it's as close to a freaking shoot match as you'll see that we'll cover. Dude, this was insane. Um, I was just watching this and I'm like, man, I miss Roddy. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And I miss seeing that dude work. Imagine how rad it would be if he returned to pro wrestling and joined the Blackpool Combat Club. 
<laughs> and did like ROH stints and random indies. Like if he was on West Coast Pro and faced Vinny Massaro. Man, um, he's trying. Dude, and, and Danielson's back to wrestling. Like I I, I gotta have it. Um dude, the <laughs> the Bucks end up getting the win and the crowd still boos. <laughs> like PWG is a notoriously hard crowd to not just win over, but to like keep their favor and their affection. Um, but the reason I wanted to pick this was this is a defining match in the Young Bucks career. This is still early on. This is 2009. Um, they didn't get the love of the crowd that night. There were a couple people who turned who were like, this is insane. Yeah. Um, but it did show that they were willing to go through the ringer to uh, make the match work in the way that the booker wanted. Um, it, it. This is like my proof when they're like, the Young Bucks only work one style. They're sissies. I'm like, whoa, okay. Okay. So it's the counter argument to the match that you picked later. <laughs> yep. You mean my next match? Speaking oh, of segues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the only other thought I have. I'm to doing add, segues and I'm not even trying. The, the only other thought I have to add to this match is it's always a constant reminder to me of just how long Roderick Strong has been added at a high level. I know. Because it's so easy to forget when you think of the NXT. Well, he was on the first like, ROH show, wasn't he? In that eight-man yeah, tournament? Like, so long like he was on the early pg pwg stuff that was bad like the oh, stuff yeah. you don't want to watch like with unmentionable people yeah yeah like it's insane and you say like we think of him with adam cole and like uh like red dragon and that and it feels like he's the same age as cole and you know, this guy has been around the block well when indie wrestling was popping off in like what was it 2004 2005 ish yeah. He was there. Yeah. That's just wild. Roddy's the best. About. Come back to wrestling, Roddy. He's, he's trying, I miss man. You. He's got an invisible force preventing him right now. He asks all the time and keeps getting turned down. Let's keep holding out hope that they forget he's asked in the past and give it to him in a few months. But anyways, speaking of the other end of the Young Bucks matches. <laughs> the other side of the coin. Yeah. If you don't like the Young Bucks and think they're flippy guys that don't sell a damn thing, you're not going to enjoy you're gonna this love match. this next like, match <laughs> this match is everything definitely check this out 100 percent. so this match came from ott british promotion scrapper mania 3 it is the elite being kenny omega and the young bucks against the uptown funkers which were will osprey and ryan smile and for one night only including leo rush um side note when you search this match it was the first match i thought of for this because it makes me so happy do not search for Uptown Funkers, even though they go by it. You have to search for the Elite versus Osprey, Smile, and Rush. Otherwise, oh, I found it. I found it yeah. using Uptown Funkers. Even even better. So I had a link where it had Uptown Funkers in the title. That link got like copyrighted or removed or whatever, and I had to find a new link. No, OTT um, put up a new one a couple months ago. Yeah, and yeah, so it was the old OTT link that I had that disappeared, ah. and I kind of panicked. So it is, it's on OTT's like official YouTube. It's super above board. Some of ours are like semi above board where it's on YouTube. But <laughs> yeah, where they're not really to supposed to be there. So you but might want to like, act fast. The, the Samoa Joe one is supposed to be there. This one is supposed to be there. Um, it's a 45 minute video. If you want to long video, if you want to skip the entrances, go 10 minutes in, uh, but do not skip the entrances. I wouldn't skip the entrances. Skip this is like the, the one match where I wouldn't skip. No, it's 
this is not the Netflix skip intro button. You have to watch these entrances. Which, by the way, the skip intro button on Netflix is um, that's a that's a crime against God's will. I people worked on those intros. Don't I be a will, pervert and skip them. My wife gets so mad at me because I refuse to ever hit the skip intro button. We've she's, never done it once. She's given up the fight. She was like, skip intro. And I just looked at her. <laughs> Are you fucking crazy? I cannot skip the intro. It's there as part of You literally show. need six seconds? Like, come on. So yeah, if you skip intros, you're a bad person. But... You're on hell. <laughs> I'm an honorary American for the night. Standing up irrationally <laughs> about semi-important things. But Welcome to honestly, the dark side, bud. Man, the, the intros on this match are fantastic. And it's it is the definition of a spot fest. I mean, you can skip like, the elite entrance, but the yeah, Uptown but Funkers the Uptown entrance, entrance is, is a, it's immaculate. This is this is a great old Joe Hendry music video level all-timer and then some like this is the entrance to watch if you want to be put in a good mood. This yeah. is everything No Way Jose and his stupid ass Congo line thinks and wishes it could. Yeah, I was going to say because this is the best Congo line in the history of wrestling. I um Dude, this this one just made me so sad for what OTT was. Yeah. And I was like, OTT, there was a time yeah. where it was like a the briefest moment, OTT yeah. was like the indie promotion. Man. And I think if if you know the more we do indie roulette, the more OTT is gonna come up. I can't go back and watch Devlin versus Star, even oh, though that's oh like the God. highlight it's of like that. one of the best matches in the history of the promotion. And it's just I can't do it. I that was one of the first matches again that came to mind. And I was like, man, this feels like a Benoit match. Like I just, I can't do this. This no, I know, weird, but I think it's worse than Benoit. Honestly, be in a weird way. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't yeah. because that dude's still out there and it just yeah. feels, it feels weird. It's no, absolutely. And I've always just got weird vibes from that dude. Benoit just makes me sad. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this match didn't make me sad. Yeah, but, um, uh, I forgot how much fun this was. Yeah, because I saw it whenever it was on. Uh, what was the old Gabe network? Gabe Sapolsky did the. Uh... Like, are we talking like pre-evolved stuff? No. Flow like Slam. It... Okay, yeah. Um, I saw this on there because people were like, "Oh, this is rad." Um, it still holds up. It's so good. It's, so, it's such a fun match. If you hate the elite shtick. Like, oh my God, you're going to despise this match. But honestly, these dudes are stars. And -hmm. I feel like that largely got lost in AEW. So if when they bring the trios titles around and, you know, Kenny and the Bucks are a team, they need to be stars. Yeah. Um, I I miss these, the version, I miss this version of those guys. This. For sure. And Baby Osprey, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's super funny. I mean, first, if we're talking is sad, you know, also rest in peace, Ryan Smile. Never want to want to go that way. That makes this match tough to watch, too. I know that hit Osprey hard. On a happier note, on the notion of the elite becoming stars with those trios titles, I immediately have to laugh because this is the perfect segue from you talking about the hybrid dolphins and the young bucks. The only way to get people on their side again is to beat them within an inch of their life. And that's been the AEW plan from day one. We yeah. can't book ourselves at the top. We have to like beat ourselves into oblivion until people are begging for this version of us to come back. And we're yep. at that point and let's fucking bring them back. Yep. What was your next match? Let's go with the most recent one. Um, right. So late last year, 
last week we talked about the 2022 battle of Los Angeles yep. and we were talking about how Shelly and Garcia was fine. It just, yep. it, it kind of took a while to get cooking. Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, you know, we <laughs> did have a match just a couple months ago uh, in 2000 at the end of 2021. So like I said, I, I picked this one because we just covered the rematch that happened. This one stands out to me because of the camera work. It, it really focuses on the brutal technical style of both guys. And even though it's an independent, it doesn't feel minor league. Um, it just focuses in on the action. The crowd was really into it. Credit to beyond. Um, they go, they go, they go pretty comedy and intergender heavy, which isn't really my cup of tea. So I kind of have to skip around and it's not, it's not really my style, but dude, whenever they hit, they hit. And this match is awesome. Yeah we were talking about Garcia earlier and anyone who's still out on Daniel Garcia is only doing so because they're being willfully obtuse, like honest, like um, he's, he is special. Um, I liked Garcia a lot, but this was the match that made me realize how special he is. Um, It's I'm easily in the high four star territory with this. Um, there were just a couple of small things that kept it from being yeah. perfect for me, but it was easily one of my favorite indie yeah. matches from last year. Um, I've seen Alex Shelley have some mediocre singles matches, even in person. Uh, but when he, he goes full effort and wants to make the other guy truly look special, there are a few better than him. And he, um, yeah, they, they have amazing chemistry together. So um, what'd you think? Yeah, I, uh, I first have to acknowledge that you might say the match went beyond, um, but <laughs> no, I, the thing that stood out to me more than anything is Garcia's selling in this match. Like it, For sure. the man is on another level. And when we talk about special, like it was believable too. It wasn't like yeah. overly animated. That, that's just <laughs> animated. We're, we're talking a level of like Samoa Joe will Osprey special here. Like that, that kind of special is Daniel Garcia. This is not casual special fade out in two years. This is, this is 25, 30 years of special. This is Chris Jericho special. Like Daniel Garcia is the future of pro wrestling. I mean, you know, you're special when Jericho hitches his wagon to you. That's just it. Like Jericho literally destroyed another group half just to get you like, there's like, I have this great group. Screw it. Give me Garcia. Like, not enough white guys. <laughs> Give me some Canadian white guys. I don't know why he sounds like Vince all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, such good shit. Anyway, back to the Mitch. All right, back to the Mitch. Speaking of Vince guys, it is a crime that both of these guys are Vince guys right now because, oh my God, are they freaking amazing at what they do. And this is a prime example of what happens in the, even as much as we can say NXT UK is not a Vince product, it's not, they still, even the guys running that know who their bottom line is, and you can still see the influence. So as amazing as the clashes there were, this is the example of what happens when the reins are truly off and they can really go. Walter and Ilya Dragunov in WXW, WXW's German promotion. Which... Walter Dragunov match was this. This was true. I watched both just in case because I was like, let's fucking go. I like uh, both matches, so I might as well. Absolutely. They're they're both incredible. Was um, this the one from 16 Carat? Um uh, this one or was, was it the other one? This was true colors. 
Yes. But 16 karat also works just as well. They are both incredible. This was the one where Ilya went over. Um, he did in 16 karat. Did he have 16 karat too? I haven't seen that match in so long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? A, but yeah. Because uh, that was the first match of theirs that I saw. And I was like, that dude should not have won <laughs> at all. <laughs> that was. So, yeah. Anyway. But, but no, uh, I actually like this match a lot more than the 16 karat one. Yeah. Because I yeah. watched the I watched that one first. And then yeah. this one happened. I think it was after. Yeah, this this was after. Yeah, this is True Colors 2018. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This this I think is the better match of the two for sure. Um, they're both they're both incredible matches. Like these two just light the world on fire every time they step in a ring together. I mean, again, we want to talk about special people. Walter and Ilya Dragunov are both incredible, incredible talents. And if you if you want to watch two guys just beat the ever living piss out of each other for a mm-hmm. half hour straight in as close to a shoot as as we've gotten since Joe Kobashi, Dragunov Walter is the match for you. This is an absolute slugfest. Um, I, I get speechless watching this match. Like I get goosebumps watching it. Ilya is so, so it's hyper realistic. It it's, is. It's I really mean, good in a way that most wrestling matches aren't. Yeah, there is. If you want your wrestling to be as shoot old school realistic as possible this this is the match like mm-hmm. this is not a dangerous match at no point were either of these men no, 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 getting no. seriously injured but goddamn did this match hurt like they both woke up sore as hell the next day there is no dodging it this match was painful right. this match hurt but this match was safe as hell and right. that is the best compliment I think you can give to professional wrestling mm-hmm. where you can beat. Oh, this, we'll, we'll get to it in my yeah. final match. Yeah, beat no, that's, that's a big other. deal. Beat the shit out of each other in an insanely safe way that looks, and to some extent is insanely real. Like that hurt. And both guys woke up completely safe, just feeling like they got run over by a truck, which in Ilya's case, he literally did because Walter is a goddamn truck. Um, yeah. Phenomenal. They work so well together and it, so much so that like they had a match during the pandemic. So empty arena mm-hmm. in WWE. Yeah. That was a legitimate match of the year. contender. Yeah. I, I think I, it was I, my number three. I was going to say I had it two or three on my list on the year. Yeah. It's unreal. These guys not only work really yeah. well together, but the style that they do is mm. it's amazing. Like, um, Cause here in the States, better we've got guys like uh gresham thatcher who are very grapple heavy and sometimes it just doesn't click it just yeah. it, it's like we're just lying down on the mat just kind of rolling around and it feels one we know wrestling's a work it's not real so to to do stuff like that like the grapple heavy stuff it, it, it kind of loses me if it, it doesn't feel real where i watched the either one of these guys work but specifically when they work together there's this magical thing that they do where it feels real it's like the realist that wrestling feels um they're just throwing european uppercuts and chopping the hell out of each other and suplexing it's it's stellar stuff and um yeah no i i i i didn't ask you which match because part of me wanted to just watch both of them anyway so I wasn't actually sure if both were available. I found the true colors one. It was like I found one. I'm going with it, but I think uh, the other one was anyways. on YouTube, but it wasn't official. Gotcha. 
Um, so for my third match, um, I wanted to go with something um, that I saw in person. Um, it, it is kind of the template for what I want a big indie match to be. It's uh, Chris Hero versus Pentagon Jr. from AEW's uh, Windy City Classic 11. Um, the whole card is like for free on YouTube, and it is a dope card. It starts with Tommaso Ciampa versus Phoenix. <laughs> it's awesome. It's a really cool card. The main event is Eddie Kingston, Ethan Page, and Trevor Lee in a three. Dude, I'm telling you, this card is so much fun. Um, I'm a big Chris Hero guy. That's not a secret at this point. <laughs> um, I've met the dude several times, and he's always been awesome to not just me, but the people that I bring along to shows. Um, whenever we leave, he's their favorite wrestler. Um, I cannot wait for him to come back. I, it's going to be great. Like I watched this and I was just like, dude, imagine, imagine the Indies right now with Chris hero on them when he's working that like Bailey schedule where he's, he's doing two or three shows mm -hmm. a weekend. Like I, uh, he's needed put up the bat signal. Um, but I picked this because it's very special to me. Um, I happen to be in the second row on this one on camera side. So listeners can try to find me. The atmosphere was amazing. Uh, the crowd was legit split. Um, Heroes got a loyal fan base and Lucha fans turned out for Pentagon and Phoenix because this was at the height of Lucha Underground. Um, one dude showed up with an air horn too, which was really fun. Um, I was also at the match uh the rematch for this where the top rope broke but that's like a totally other that's a totally <laughs> other story um so hero comes out for this with his face painted and immediately shows that he's not intimidated by pentagon jr at all and it just takes the match to like another level um it's an, it's a great example of presentation in wrestling where people come out to intimidate each other and it's not like overly spooky or corny it's just people coming out like badasses and trying to intimidate each other that stuff's rad and it's it's baffling to me how people can miss that mark malachi black what are you doing my guy anyway um as much as i miss hero i miss this version of pentagon jr he hits so hard and he feels so much more dangerous. Um, it's a super simple match and I love it. Um, it's technical, hard hitting, and it's a really short match. Um, also, you should stay tuned for the post match where Phoenix almost dies uh, on his crowd dive. It is insane. Um, he what, went like Phoenix. Do what? Yeah, what, it was just a Phoenix, normal yeah. show. He went like five rows deep. <laughs> after doing like a top, a top rope suicida, like it was insane. Um, so yeah. what do you think of this one? Yeah. I think that the thing that sticks out the most, and this is a theme that's come up with Pentagon a lot is he's a guy that can show up and show out, or he's a guy that can go through the motions and just give you the standard, standard Pentagon match. And as short as, mm -hmm. you know, as short as this was, I mean, it, it, it was 12 minutes. Like that's, not, but, I mean, not you, long, you see, but like, you see these two guys and you're like, oh, that's yeah, a 20 minute match. Exactly. Easy. Right. But like there was a time where 12 minutes was a long match. Like that, there was a time period where that was huge, but sure. yeah, like for, for a 12 minute match, they, they absolutely delivered it. Yeah. I, I, I really miss Chris hero too. I, I'm excited to see him back and 
I I need this Pentagon more consistently. Like he's he's shown up, but it's not it's not frequent. Like more you don't get it stuff. much. Yeah, especially lately. But yeah, I don't have much else to to add to it. It's I mean, as far as bang for your bucks on the minutes go, this is the best match out of the locks. You only need 12 minutes out of your day and you get a fantastic match. Like, right. there is something to be said for that. I love long matches, yeah. but sometimes you need short ones that deliver just as much. And this is a great example of how to find that. So, But we were talking about that whenever it came to BOLA and just tournaments yeah. in general. When, whenever you have short matches on your card, there's a way to do it. And everything about this match is perfect from the yeah. presentation to the length of time yeah. to the, like the chemistry that yeah. they had together and they don't speak the same language. They had to no. figure this out on the fly. Um, it, it's, it's so good. Like both guys have the crowd wrapped around their fingers. They are, they're tremendous. Um, so yeah, that's why I picked that one. Yeah. All right. So my last match on the list, uh, this was a very deliberate search. I knew the one person that I needed for my fourth match <laughs> was that actually it's not speedball. It was Zach Sabre jr. Yeah. Cause I mean, speedball, we've talked him yeah. up to death. So everybody knows by now how much we like speedball, but right for the length of the pandemic, Zach has stayed in Japan. He hasn't left. No, he lives there now. Yeah. Like he literally, he is full time citizen in Japan. He has his resident status. Like that's what I mean. Like he can travel out of Japan when it's not a pandemic and it's easy to do so, but like he is a permanent resident of Japan right now, essentially. So we don't see him much and knowing how new Japan proper has kind of fallen off a cliff. I have not seen him much. So I wanted to get a Zack Sabre junior match in here. And sure. this was one with, did uh, you, did you happen to see his new Japan cup? I saw the final. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, he had a really good run. Absolutely. No, I loved, loved the final. I didn't watch the entire thing, but I watched the final and it was fantastic. It's a hard ask to watch the whole thing. That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> the final was great. Um, and likewise, this match was great. You know, I found one with Speedball from uh, Defiant. Uh, so this was when Speedball was still on suspension from the US. Um, yeah. I think getting later in the suspension, if I remember, but I don't remember the exact timestamp on when this match happened, but I also don't remember when suspension start this was but. definitely pre-pandemic yeah pre-pandemic but i don't think by a ton i think it was two, well, 2017 2018 2018 sounds right right but uh yeah i so. mean it was before nxt uk killed the entire yes. scene in the yeah. uk yeah before that we'll, we'll get to that i want you that, let you talk about that's a match. whole different uh that's a whole different argument but the thing that's really cool about this match too is i mean Zack Sabre Jr. is such a technical, grapply guy that it does force a little bit of adaptation out of Bailey compared to the Mike Bailey that we've been seeing a lot of this year. So you get to see a slightly different Mike Bailey experience than we've been seeing in 2022, and not in a bad way, just in a way that shows his range as well, where we don't... His progression, yeah. Yeah, exactly. His range and his progression, where we don't always always see it. So I really fantastic match. I think it's, I think it's about a 20-minute match, so decent... Mm -hmm. Decent length, you know, relatively hot crowd. Um, it's, I don't have much to add. This was this was the last one I added. I was really trying to find a women's match that I thought did justice to what women's wrestling could be. Um, it's it's hard. just tough to find a lot of it, especially on YouTube, because it's not as well known. You have to dig around for it. So much of it comes from stardom, even with, with the American wrestlers. So much of their mm -hmm. best work happens in stardom. 
there are some good matches I can find on YouTube, but for someone that really wants to change the perspective on women's wrestling, I would need that pick to be so far above and beyond. And I couldn't find it for free. So it was just, it was what it was with the restriction of finding it for free. I couldn't do it. So I went, uh, I went with this and I really wanted to get Zack Sabre Jr. on this. He is one of my absolute favorites. He is, he's the example of how you make that grappling technical style look good and look believable and fun every time. And Zach does not get enough credit for his ability to, to tell a story and be a character. He, no, because no, I think he's, I think he's honestly, it's hard to say, but he's outclassed in New Japan. Yeah. Because he, just the style that he works yeah. doesn't really match up well yeah, with anybody. Absolutely. So my, my the knock that I had with Zach Sabre for the longest time was if you have a match with Zach Sabre, you're going to be having a Zack Sabre yep. Jr. match. Yes. There, there's, there's certain confines that he works in. He's gotten, he's definitely gotten better about that, yep. but I, I don't, I don't think that he's, <laughs> this isn't a pun about his style, but I don't think he's flexible enough to work other styles. Yeah. Like you could have some dude like Walter um, mm-hmm. or even Okada who is bigger than him, just beat the hell out of him. And he'll like out technical wrestle you. I don't think there's enough technical wrestlers in New Japan to like really yeah. let him shine. So he's kind of in this weird mm. state. So I'm glad you picked this match because it was very much a reminder of like, hey, here's an awesome Zack Sabre indie match. Um, but again, just with three of the matches that you picked out, it pissed me off that, you know, WWE destroyed like an entire region of wrestling. Like so absolute like ott will still run progress still runs which is insane to me i look at those shows and i'm like i i don't understand who could be watching this i mean there's a reason we don't cover the uk because it would be rev pro and that's it yeah wxw still runs like yeah, but... they all they all still run that's that's the point like they're still trying but it's bad yeah but when you've got guys like tyler Bate who are just in prison who have like four matches a year, like what, what are we doing? And I mean, so defiant RIP, this promotion closed their doors Mm -hmm. because NXT UK came, came in and then YouTube changed the way that they do their revenue. Mm -hmm. But like, I guarantee you they would have figured out a way because their presentation was excellent. Um, Some of the stories that they told wasn't, it wasn't the best, but it looked great they flew people in and they focused on the product. It just, it's such a bummer um, that an entire scene was just totally nuked and they have to like, like basically try to come out of the ashes out of their bunker. Like nothing happened. And let's, let's not pretend for a second that the wrestlers are better off. They make fuck all working for NXT UK. It was like 30 grand. Like they're, they can make more doing this before, especially with merch sales. Now they are worse off because of it. It did not. And they were flown into like the States and otherwise like this, this did not help them. Fuck the fed. Yeah. Speaking of guys who are just toiling away in WWE, (laughs) here's my last match. Um, It is the, uh, from PWG Steen Wolf. Um, It's the PWG title match ladder match. Even Kevin Steen versus El Generico. So this match popped in my head because we just talked about the bolas in the past. And I mentioned the 2011 one that had like 
Steen and Finley in it. And it was like really fun in the finals of that El Generico defeated Kevin Steen. Um, and most listeners should know the history between those two. Uh, it's Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. But in summary, these guys came up through the indies together and they've had a rivalry that's gone through a ton of indies, ROH and now WWE. Chuck Taylor joined Excalibur on commentary for this. And these two do such a great job of not just like saying funny stuff. That's like, it's really like people find it annoying and I don't get that at all. I think it's very endearing. And I, but the thing that they do so well is that they do an awesome job of getting the viewer and each other really hyped as the match builds. Um, Steen and Generico have tremendous chemistry and, um, while the ROH blood feud is more intense, this match is probably my favorite of theirs because just how fun it is. Uh, we were down on the PWG crowd last weekend. This is the kind of crowd that made PWG so fun. I, I, I want more of that from them. Please, please. Southern California, I believe in you. You can, you can be good again. I, I know this. I love the spot. If we're going to break down spots. Um, Steen Irish whips Generico into the ladder in the corner so hard that Generico basically gives himself a blue thunder bomb with the bump (laughs) where he does like the full rotation and then it's and then they do a brutal Mishinoku driver on the corner of an open ladder then follow that up with an insane half and half suplex on a second ladder then followed that up with a powerbomb from Steen lodged into a ladder on the second rope, then a powerbomb on the ladder on the outside. Like these guys ruined ladder match spots for anyone else for years. And although it's not like their best match, it's so damn fun. And they are super safe workers. They're taking insane bumps. Like, like we were talking about earlier with Walter and Dragunov. <laughs> they're incredibly safe but they're doing like insane ladder spots but everything that they do is like so precise and right on cue young bucks run in and attack steen because they don't like him um they attack post match too which sets up um i almost picked this match the guerrilla warfare match between uh steen yeah yeah super dragon and the young bucks just because that is I, I could have gone with so many PWG matches. And I mean, I picked two and I was like, I wanted to do more like variety there, but I mean, I can't not do this match. Anyway, eventually Steen and Generico wore at the top. Generico flip powerbomb Steen through two ladders. Again, brutal and fast, but it, it was awesome. Um, and he climbs up and not only brings down the uh, PWG championship, but Generico also pulls down the AC vent that it was attached <laughs> to. Um, I can watch this match at any time, and it makes me so happy. I, I adore this match. Yeah, I think I think you said it all with the word fun. When I first got the recommendations, before I read where it was from, I just saw Ladder, Steen, and Generico and assumed it was going to be one of the ROH ones. Like, that was my initial... Like, nope. even when we first came, like, when we thought of these recommendations, I was like, he's going to send me Steen and I thought about from, it from ROH Ladder Wars. Like, I know what's going to happen, but this fun is the word. That's that's what it was. And, you know, as much as we we rag on them, Owens and Zane, Gene and Steen and Generico 
say they're having fun where they are now. So at least they're having fun. This was fun. Right. Right. This makes you smile. Like there's you can't. This is why people want them to leave. Like, yeah. This is this is what we're missing out on. Hats off to them if they're happy. I know they're making bank and taking care of their families. Sammy Generico does some awesome charity work. That's super cool. Sammy for Syria and all that stuff. Like even though he's not allowed to fly into a country to do blood money shows. I mean, he won't fly into the country to do blood money shows. It's... Like over his dead body, will he fly there? And that's where the hypocrite part comes in with staying with the company. But yeah. that's a whole other can of worms. At least they're happy and doing. Yeah. I miss El Generico. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, match was a ton of fun. So great, great match. If you haven't watched it already, it's it's rewatchable too. It's not one where you watch it once and you can't rewatch it over and over. Like you can watch that thing till the end of time. And again, it's a relatively really fast yeah. match. Yeah, like it, everything flies by really fast. Yeah. Even the spots where it's like people are like, hey, they didn't sell on that. It's yeah. Like, well, okay, but like, come on, it's fun. So yeah, with that, that's uh, the first round that we've done with Indie Roulette. That was a ton of fun, and I honestly can't wait until the next time where there's nothing to cover. <laughs> honestly, I might look forward to it after doing yeah. a couple nights of boring Super Juniors, so we'll see. Next week, we've got uh, West Coast Pro. Let's go! Streaming on Friday! Mm-hmm. Um, and then Best of Super Junior starts, is I, I guess that's Sunday. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we'll be covering a couple nights of that. Um, probably not everything. Probably just the No, just the good like. stuff, yeah. That's a, that's a show. So thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Jake. I'm Mitch. This is the Bingo Hall Boys podcast.